When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPM. Throw down $1 in any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code T, B as in Ben, P as in Puck, N at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler. As the Nationals are strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to... Oh, great crossover. Got him. That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to the DC Crossover, episode number 89. Back after Thanksgiving. 
Uh, hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to hearing about my partner's Thanksgiving. That is Mike Cerrone. <laughs> I am Ben Simpson. You can follow him on Twitter at Cerrone16 and myself and the main show account at the DC Crossover. And as, uh, as we remind you every single week, go download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. And you can hear sometimes we hop on there and do live stuff. Uh, Mike did his live show last week um and we've done live post games and all that sort of stuff on there we will not be doing one tomorrow night the monday night football game uh that thing's gonna end at like 12 30 at night um <laughs> right right it's just not uh we don't live the lives that we can uh, do that yet um and hopefully one day one day but uh we will be previewing that game here on this episode and obviously next episode we'll be talking about um the, that game uh and the future for this team as far as the playoffs go we'll be talking caps today as well and and Washington Wizards but let's start with uh Thanksgiving of course um I I'll say right off the bat I mean for me I I'm a big Thanksgiving guy I love the Thanksgiving food I love the Thanksgiving leftovers had some great leftovers over the past few days after Thanksgiving my parents always cook way too much food and so they send you home with uh basically like container after container of of like three extra meals basically that you can have over the next few days over that weekend so you don't have to do the uber eats or doordash or any of that stuff um luckily this year uh i didn't really get to watch so i watched the lions the first half uh at a different location then we were in the car and then we made it to our location where dinner was going to be at my sister's house. And I ca- caught the rest of the second half on my phone uh, because they don't have cable, Mike. It's 2021, and they don't have any sort of cable or streaming or anything. So really? I was watching the game on my phone, and uh, I'm glad I wasn't – I'm glad I was in a different environment for that because if I was at home, I would have been screaming and yelling and getting all <laughs> pissed off. But being when you're with family or you're with a different people that don't care about the game, you're not going to be the one guy in the room like, Throwing a tantrum, so uh, yeah, a little bit more subdue. So I suffered in silence. I had the little phone up while dinner was going on, and I was watching the Bears just make that game-winning drive. And I was just sitting there and just grabbing an extra helping of mashed potatoes, shoving it in my mouth just to make myself feel better because the Lions lose again <laughs> on Thanksgiving. Uh, but this isn't a Lions podcast; it's a DC podcast. But how was your Thanksgiving? Well, the funny thing about just to touch on the Lions real quick is that. Everyone keeps saying that Sean McVay should just be in the Hall of Fame because of the sole fact that he went like what forty-two and twenty with Jared Goff. Yeah, the guy Jared, is Jared Goff terrible. Has a, he hasn't won a game with any other coach, and he had two coaches before Sean McVay, and then after Sean McVay, he has uh, your boy in, in uh, what's his name? I keep forgetting his name. Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan, Dan Campbell. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he hasn't won a game there. So it's oh, like, it's been bad, man. It's, it's been just bad. it's just funny. It's, just it's funny not even like the Lions. The Lions O line is actually not that bad. They have some yeah. decent pieces there. So it's not even all on them. Jared Goff just sucks. The guy can't throw the ball down the field. Yeah. I haven't seen him throw a pass over twenty yards all season long. It's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the funny thing when you look at Sean McVay is that everyone was saying that. You know, oh, what, what, what's going to happen next in, in Los Angeles? They they made the Super Bowl and they didn't do anything. Well, I guess they know now what the problem was, and that's Jared Goff. Because yeah, you Jared go bring Goff, in a real quarterback, and you're right back in the playoff hunt. Yeah, it, it, yeah, and we talked about this last week through text. Uh, you know that Matt Stafford isn't the problem in LA. The LA is just there's there's just not a lot of cohesiveness in certain areas and different things of that nature. Uh, but that's the biggest thing. And Matt Stafford is a top four quarterback this year. Oh, yeah. So Jared Goff, I don't know what his numbers were in L.A., but that's the funniest thing <laughs> when, you're, when, you're, when you're comparing Jared Goff to these other coaches. And now all of a sudden you're seeing he's winless. And I think it 
It's at least 18 games. Oh, it's been 18 so games. Because I think he was 0-5 with like Jeff Fisher, then 0-4 with like right. an interim coach or whatever. And that's just the hilarious bit because Sean McVay, kudos to you, uh, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, you better win this year because you don't have a lot of picks for the next like 10 years. Right. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is that I thought it was hilarious when they kept talking about Jared Goff and his record with non-Sean non McVay people. He's so bad. He's so bad. He's he is the worst quarterback in the NFL. I would I would put him right up there. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I think there are guys. I mean, guys like Zach Martin and stuff. I'd say are, are pretty bad. Zach Wilson. Because Zach, they're, Wilson. Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're still better than Jared Goff. Like at yeah. least they try. They 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 actually try to throw the ball down the field. It's right. it's so bad. Right. So going back to Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving, and this is probably going to send some waves down people's spines. That I think Thanksgiving is just an over rated wow you know uh holiday because controversial now i i like all the food and i love football and giving thanks and family and all that kind of stuff but you know and, and i i said this you know this past week uh to my family and stuff like that you know i'm just kind of over the crowded areas and stuff like that like when we were kids it was different my family we usually go to my mom's side and it, it's a big family. It's a big, big family. I mean, we right. have my mom's one of five sisters, uh, or should I say one of five kids. She has four sisters. Uh, and then I have all these cousins and different stuff of that nature. And then you have significant others factoring in. and, and It adds up. It adds up. Yeah. So you have all these people. But the problem is it's getting way too crowded because we're not kids anymore. We can't fit, you know, right. 20 people at this one single table or whatever. And then it, it, it's just unfortunate because... You know, like I said, when we were younger and we were in uh, elementary school, middle school, teenagers and stuff like that, it was it was nice because everyone could talk and joke around and we'd have a good time. But now it's like everyone's kind of like just kind of crammed together where I was talking to my mom and I was saying, like, maybe next year we kind of change it up a little bit because my sister has two kids. Uh, my other sister is married. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's like eight of us now. So it's like, that's like, and I think I might've talked to you about this, or I talked to somebody about this, where that's like the happy medium is you want that like eight to 15 oh, yeah, we had, number. We had seven at ours plus two babies. So that was right. it. I mean, right. yeah. So set, but seven adults, uh, at our table and it was perfect. That's a perfect amount. Yeah. And that's what I, I it wasn't you. I, now I'm remembering the conversation I had. It was another friend of mine. Uh, because he went to like three Thanksgivings, which was kind of crazy. Uh, he went to one in like Chicago, then he went to one in Richmond, then he went to another one. And I'm like, geez, I'm like, dude, that's a lot of a lot of Thanksgiving, man. It's a lot of a lot of giving lot thanks of there. Yeah, it's a lot of Thanksgivings there. But uh, overall, uh, I just think that, and, and don't get me wrong, it was a good time and stuff like that, seeing family and everything like that. It's a lot though. It's a lot. Yeah, it's it's just it's it, there's I don't like the crammed areas, so I usually always tend to find myself going to find that one chair or that one spot on a and couch. you got to stay in there the whole yep. night because if you get up somebody else is going to sit down there and then you're going to lose your spot no i'm with exactly. you i'm with yeah. you so finding uh, yeah. the comfort the comfortable spot when you're with a large group of people <laughs> you have to nail down that spot that chair that couch whatever it is because if you lose that spot and then suddenly you have to settle for like sitting at the kitchen table at a chair where you could have anybody sitting there at the table with <laughs> you, you know, the, your uncle's passed out or like you got the weird boyfriend of your cousin or something. And he's telling right. you about cryptocurrency and you're just like, <laughs> what are we even doing here? You got to have, you got to find the comfy chair and you got to post up there. You got to grab a couple beverages. Don't just grab one because you're going to be there a while. Yep. Grab a couple beverages, post up on that chair and don't move. 
have the football on the TV and just watch the games all night long. Yeah, and that's the thing is, so we went over there around 2 o'clock, and we left. I think it was around like 6 or something. But that's the biggest thing that I, I, I have gripes with is that, you know, I love my family to death, but the problem is that now that we're all getting older, we're obviously bigger. We're not, you know, you know kids in middle school. Right. So it's like you're looking at us, and we're all, you know, five foot eight and above. So it's like we can't sit at this table and all scrunch together and stuff like that. And it's obviously – you know, we always want to get together and stuff like that. But, you know, now everyone's going to different Thanksgivings, so significant others' Thanksgivings and different things like that. So when we go to this, uh, to my aunt's house, it's just, it just gets a little crowded and I'm not claustrophobic or anything like that. It just, it just kind of irritates me when people are like saying like, right. you know, because also, you know, when we're, when we're passing around things and stuff like that, you always have those, have those two people that don't really get with the picture and they don't pass it. They just like put it in front of them. Oh and yeah. It's like, it's come like, on, yo, man, pass. You know, pass, pass the gravy. Like, come on now. And it's like, you know, it's like, let's keep going here. Uh, but it's just, it, it kind of just tilts me. There's a lot of tilting things that goes <laughs> on where, like I said, it's too crowded or, or someone sitting there. Like I said, they don't pass it. They don't get the picture of, Hey, it's an assembly line guys. It's like, you know, keep passing it around and everyone gets their fill or whatever. And then you're good. But that's the, that's the funny thing too, is, uh, that usually it's always me and my middle sister. My, my older sister wasn't there until the afternoon. Uh, but my middle sister and her husband, we usually sit together and the funny thing about it was that I didn't know they weren't staying for dinner. Right. So I said, hey, you know, I, I just went and staked my, my chair. Why don't you, you know, go and, you know, take a seat? And, and they were like, okay, okay. But they didn't tell me at that time. They didn't tell me they weren't staying, which made no <laughs> sense. So it was, it was just kind of weird because I'm like, okay, now, now I, it's, a, it's a wild card now. Who's sitting next to me? And I don't – oh, my God. Oh, that, that just becomes like – stresses me out, man. Point. It stresses me out. No, and so, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like you want to be comfortable because like the food experience, one of the key things is you want to be comfortable. You don't want to be have your elbows all tucked in because you can't, you can't spread out a little bit. Uh, you, you don't want to be reaching over everybody for everything that you need. And No, I, I get that. I get that. So that's why I'm saying is mine was great because it was seven people. Yeah, and exactly. a nice big round table. And so you could get in and out easily and all that sort of stuff. So that was key. But so I think you got to convince your folks to split everything up into like two dinners or like yeah. over a couple days or something. Because everybody has these time off anyway. So it's like yeah. you might as well spread it out. And, and that's the thing, too, is when I was talking to my mom about it, basically the biggest thing that I was really thinking about was, hey, if it's me, my sisters and my dad and my mom and stuff like that, obviously the kids or whatever, um, and then the significant others. That's the biggest thing that I'm looking at is sit, sitting there and saying, okay, we can all bring our own dish or own side or whatever. Where at that point, you know, it'll be, I don't know, five, six dishes. If even the significant others bring one or something like right. that. And then we, cause my mom has this big long table that we really haven't got to use that much, uh, especially cause of quarantine and all that kind of stuff, uh, last year. So that's the biggest thing is I, I was kind of I was convincing her a little bit because I think she was tilted just a tad as, as well right. uh, because when we go over to my aunt's house it's always like who's sitting where you know like pick your seat do this so it's like and like I said I love going over there I love my family to death 
But when when there's you know not enough space, and then everyone starts to kind of cram around, and then like I said, you always had that one person who just doesn't really understand that this is a Ford assembly line, like <laughs> literally, you make the bumper, and then you pass the bumper down, and then everyone starts putting the car parts together. Exactly, so it's like, puff puff pass. Come on, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you, you know, it what just it is. oh. So I just told, I told my mom, I think I convinced her, but obviously that's you know 363 days or whatever from now. So hopefully well, you got we'll time to prep for next year. And I'm sure right. here's the thing. I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure those listening have experienced what you've experienced. I mean, I've been at big Thanksgiving dinners before too, where it's like it's it's like twenty something people and it's it's all crowded and packed. You can barely move, and you, you want to go get another drink, but it's impossible because you got to weave through like fifteen people to get back to the fridge or whatever. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, you got time to prep for next year. That's all I'll say. You've Thanks. got some time. <laughs> and regardless, I hope the food was at least good because that's that's the important thing. I didn't even get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to get to some sports. Right, 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 right. Uh, we'll hit up the rewind, uh, press the rewind button, and uh, go over the past week for the DC sports teams. These are for folks that, hey, maybe you missed a game or two throughout the week. We're here to fill you in. Uh, we'll start the Washington football team, actually the only team that didn't have a game this week, but uh, did want to just briefly mention, of course, they're playing Monday night uh, versus the Seahawks, depending on kind of when you're listening to this. But we'll get into a preview in a bit. But we did want to mention that supposedly um, Ron Rivera a couple days ago had mentioned that the name for the team uh, should be revealed very shortly, very soon, very shortly, something along those lines. It's like, what does that even mean? Is very shortly mean like tomorrow? Does very shortly mean like in a couple weeks? I, I don't know. We don't know. We don't have any inside sources telling us this, but I would assume my assumption when I hear that is before the end of the season, we'll have the name of the team. That's that's my thought on it, but I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll get into more of that when we get to the, the the segment on the Washington football team. Let's move on to the Caps, Mike, and a uh, another great week for the Washington <laughs> Capitals, man. I'm telling you, this team is just rolling. Ever since that little losing streak that they had, they've just yep. been on fire. No doubt about it. 14-3-5, 33 points, first in the Metro Division. I said it myself that after this West Coast swing where they played all those California teams and also the Kraken – they started to get into some of these tougher teams like Florida and Carolina. As we record this right now on Sunday, uh, they did beat Carolina 4-2. to I'll get into that in a second. Uh, but first, on Wednesday, uh, on Thanksgiving Eve, they beat the Montreal Canadiens 6-3. to Kuzi had a goal and assist. Ovi with another three points with three assists. That's the seventh win in nine games at that point. Uh, and now, obviously, I'm getting into the next two that we won as well. Uh, Scarbosa had his first career goal as well uh, in that Montreal game. That's the funny thing is that I heard the other night uh, against Florida, uh, John Walton said on the broadcast that I believe their fourth line was a line they basically brought up from the Hershey Bears. So they already <laughs> had chemistry and all this kind of stuff. And he said they were not missing a beat one minute of the game. Because you got to love they, that. Because sometimes yeah. you bring up these young guys and you try to plug and play with some like they're with like 10-year vets and they're like all over the place. But you bring up the Hershey line. They, yeah. This is what they do. They were just doing this down in Hershey. They could easily come up here and do the same thing against, obviously, better guys. But still, uh, at least they have the cohesiveness. Exactly, exactly. So Friday they beat Florida, a good Florida Panthers team. The Panthers' first regulation loss this year, so kudos to the Caps. Uh, Ovi with a hat trick. That was unbelievable as well. He has the most goals through 21 games in a season by a player in at least his 17th season. So that's 
unbelievable as well. Uh, I was talking to Andrew Gillis through text briefly, and he was saying that it was just unbelievable seeing him go out there and hit that hat trick. Uh, but 19 goes away from passing Yager, Yamir Yager, for third all time. And on Sunday, as we record this, like I said earlier, they beat the Carolina Hurricanes 4-2. Elias Samsonov is starting to push his way forward past Vitek Vanacek for that number one spot. 30 saves, 93 Eight save percentage. Orlov scores a power play goal with 2.55 remaining in the game uh, to kind of put the game away. Caps blow a two-goal lead, but they still finish with a win. Ovi with yet another goal. I believe he had the first goal of the game. Wasn't had, didn't really have a chance to watch it, but I did see the uh, highlights and the scores. Uh, but 19th goal of the season. Unbelievable right now. Again, the Caps 14-3-5. and 33 points and first in the Metro Division. Now moving on to another team that has over 10 wins, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the Washington Wizards, who now we've hit the 20-game mark for the season. So you're in this quarter of the way, basically, through the year, and this team is tied for second place in the Eastern Conference. Who would have thought? 13-7 uh, and seven right now. Kind of an up-and-down week. You had the, the couple losses, a couple wins. Started on Monday, losing to the Hornets 109-103. Um, they were losing by a whole lot more in the second half. We're down by as many as 17. They were able to cut things closer to at least a two-point game, but still got the loss. Harold, 24 points and 18 rebounds. Obviously, he played his part in that night. Uh, the Wiz, though, 9 for 36 from three. It's going to be tough to win games uh, when you miss those many from beyond the arc. Then Wednesday, losing to the Pelicans. I hate these Pelicans losses. I'm telling you, <laughs> New Orleans right. is not very good. Uh Lose the Pelicans 127-102. Really poor defensive effort there. Uh, Wiz with 19 turnovers. Pelicans with 24 points off those turnovers. Uh, Bertans returned from his 10-game absence. He shot 1 of 10. We'll get to more on him in the Wizards Jeez, segment. Uh, and the Wizards missed 13 of their 36 free throws as well. And uh, Now, while those 13 points, they still would have lost. Even when you look at the numbers, still, you got to make your free throws, people. Uh, but then they came back and, and on back-to-back -back nights, pulled off some nice wins. You beat a bad OKC team. Should have beat him by more, but you still get the win, 101-99. KCP a season-high 20 points. Beal added 20 as well. We shot 48% from the field and 15 for 15 from the stripe. And then Saturday, Saturday was the key game of the week. This was the one we were looking forward to. I mean, the Hornets game was big, too, because they're obviously pretty good. But you, anytime you get a chance to play Luka Doncic, one of the best players in, in the NBA, you're always going to get up for that. Uh, and this was a shootout. That's what this game was. 120-114, the final. Um, this was a, a non-Didwitty game because he's not playing in these back-to-backs yet. So you had to go without him, but the Wiz still played well. Beal, 26 points. Kuzma added 22 as well. And the Wiz was 60 points in the paint, dominating underneath. And beat, uh, you know, having a good game uh, and a great win against Dallas. you got to oh, love no, that. There's no, there's no Davis Bertans update on that game either? Oh, we'll talk. We'll talk to Obvious when we get to the Wizards <laughs> segment. I, I got a lot to say. Uh, but first, let's give a little preview for Monday night. The Washington football team. The Washington football team, as we mentioned, uh, this is one of the first episodes in a while. We're, we're not recapping a previous game. We're actually talking about a Monday night's game. We're recording this on Sunday evening, so obviously the game will be ahead. Uh, four and six, Washington football team, the three and seven Seattle Seahawks. One of those weird years, Mike, where Seattle's just not themselves from what we've seen in the past, the domination from Russell Wilson and company and the, obviously the terrific uh, – uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and things like that. It just hasn't really gone the way they planned this year, and a lot of it had to do with Russell Wilson uh, going down injured. Um, as far as this game as a whole, just a couple kind of key notes um, that I have here. Seattle, just like Colt McCoy, throw 
328 yards um, in in the that was a Cardinals game the previous week. Uh, Russ has had thrown no TDs for two games in a row. QBR barely 80, uh, and he barely had over 200 yards in the Cardinals game. Uh, and DK Metcalf has had 16 targets since Russ has come back and only seven catches. Uh, meanwhile, on the Washington football team side, um, you know, pass rating uh, 30th in the league, but uh, that's pass rating from the defense. Um, uh, but held Cam last week to 189 yards. Got to love that. Uh, averaging two sacks a game as well. And, and Russell Wilson was sacked four times against the Cardinals. So, this is a game here on a Monday night football game where I'm sure the schedulers heading into the year did not think this would be two teams with combined seven wins heading into this Monday night football game. Um, but I think uh, ju- judging by how the NFC East is playing out, this is a huge game for the Washington football team. I and mean, this is a game with possible playoff implications if this team can uh, can get, a, get another big win here. Um, and uh, currently, obviously, at... They're four and six, right? For some reason, that record is 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 because for some reason, some list had them at five and seven. Uh, but yeah, four and six. They're right behind Philly and Carolina. Uh, but yeah, this is a huge game tonight. Uh, not tonight. Tomorrow night, uh, going against a Russell Wilson that's clearly been not himself. Right, right. And right now, the line is even. Uh, money line, obviously, minus one ten. Uh, and right now, ESPN has the matchup predictor, which who can really read into that as uh, the WFT having a 48.9% chance of winning, Seattle 50.7. It is in D.C., so that's a good thing. By the way, I had a friend the other day. I think it was like Saturday. Maybe it might have been Friday night, but I think it was Saturday. They were like, hey, let's go to the Monday night football game. I'm like, dude, do you ever know how to buy tickets? You can't just say, oh, Monday night football. Oh, it sounds interesting. Let's go. Like, no, you can't do that. It's it's idiot. Also, I don't know, man. I I don't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but like – I don't know about going to the Monday night game tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be cold. It's going to be late. You're not going right. to get home till like 3 a.m. Uh, I, I mean, I, obviously, it's cool. Monday night football, it's like it's awesome to have the team on the big stage. But I don't know if this would be the one I'd want to go to. <laughs> yeah, I definitely uh, said uh, – I shut that down pretty quickly. Let's put it that way. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, going back to what you were saying about Russ, Russ is always got a guy that can go out there and just change a game on a, on a dime. The biggest thing that I'm worried about with him, though, is that, yes, he has struggled the last two games, but that was coming off a a pretty serious injury, one of the injuries that he hasn't had uh, that has missed significant time in a long, long time. I think he made like 80-some straight starts or something like that, which is is crazy. My number might be way off, but at the same time, he played an Arizona Cardinals defense. That's good. Arizona has a good defense. And in Lambeau at Green Bay coming off that injury. Uh, So when you're looking at it, I just think that, I mean, our defense is improving a, a significant amount. Obviously, we don't have Chase Young anymore, uh, and we're on a little hot streak now, scoring 29 and 27 in back-to-back games. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking at the other games, the last three games prior to these last two games, we haven't scored more than 13. Uh, but the biggest thing I look at is the Seahawks' defense is not good. The Seahawks' defense, and I think you mentioned it, the Seahawks' defense is not uh, up to snuff of the Carolina defense we just scored 27 on, or even the Bucks defense that we scored 29 on. So we need to go out there, pedal to the metal, score some points. I think we need to score at least 14 at halftime, or at least by halftime. But that's what I'm looking at right now is that their defense, though they allow not that many points uh, per game at 20.9, uh, they allow a lot of yards. They allow over 325 yards a game, okay? 
Uh, and that's total yards for uh, passing and rushing. And right now, our rushing attack has been pretty decent for the most part. Um, and then overall, when you're looking at it, or I should say yards allowed, excuse me, I, mi- I miscalculated uh, that. 414 yards per game allowed. Wow. Uh, I, th- I was reading 3325. I was like, that doesn't sound... It's definitely like not the Legion of Boom from the yeah. past uh, days where their defense was, was some of the best in the league. They are not, they are not that anymore. That's right. I, sure. I, I, I totally misread that. I, I kind of switched the stats up because I... In my head while I was talking, I was like, wait a second, 325 doesn't sound like a lot. Yeah, uh, but that's pretty <laughs> but, good. But uh, that's what they're actually averaging themselves on offense. Um, and you can take that for how much you want to you know, have it because obviously Geno started. Uh, but 414 right. yards allowed. Okay, we need to go out there and, and just pile on the yards. Get I mean, the time of possession is what we've been winning these games with. I mean, Tampa, we had almost double their time of possession. Carolina, very close to double their possession time. So you need to go out there, Taylor Heineke, uh, and I'm speaking to you personally. Go out yep, there. He's listening. You, you, yeah, he's, exactly. Yeah, he is that he has us on literally an hour after we post it, right. uh, and he needs to go out there and use his legs. And I'm not saying go out there and try to use Daniel Jones' legs or whatever it may be. Extend some plays. Don't take any chances that the Seahawks are going to capitalize on and get rushed short field because obviously, like you mentioned, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they, they have weapons. The only problem is their defense sucks so much to the point where they literally have to play catch up every single game, it feels like. Right. So I just think that when we go out there, we need to make sure that we get ahead in the game and give our defense some cushion so in case they have a big play to DK Metcalf or some short underneath passes to Tyler Lockett or whatever it may be, Russ can still make those throws. I think that he's kind of getting out of that funk now, I believe. Now, I'm not saying that his last two games were, you know, oh, those were just off kind of games or whatever. He's coming off a, a, a finger injury, so it's very difficult. And obviously, he had pins in his finger and all that kind of stuff. But he has to go out there and win this game for his team because so far the last two games they've been pitiful. Um, but I think that Taylor Heineke needs to be leaned on and have some pressure on him to go out there and make something happen because our rushing attack has been, like I said, improved, and they're allowing 122 rushing yards. So I'm hoping that Gibson can go out there and maybe rush for 80 or so. Uh, you know, J.D. McKissick comes out there and gets a third down catches or a screen catch here and there, probably get five or six catches. But I want Taylor Heineke to go out there, and I want to see at least 30 yards rushing from him because that means that our offensive line – uh, failed and he actually made a play himself and not trying to, as we've said before, force things to the point where he's making mistakes and putting this team behind the eight ball like he did in the Denver game uh, and other games like that, like Green Bay and Kansas City. So I think that he needs to go out there and make some moves with his feet, uh, you know, extend some plays, but also take off a little bit, man. Take off, extend the drive, and move on. As far as the injury report heading into this game, uh, the Washington football team will be without Sam Cosme. Um, he will be out. Uh, your, your rookie O-lineman there. Tyler Larson will be out as well. Ricky Seals-Jones is doubtful. Adam Humphreys questionable. Curtis Samuel questionable, but I'm, I, I think he's probably not going to play I, I, from my understanding. But um, you do have, you know, Antonio Gibson is not on the injury, wasn't listed on the injury report, so that's good. Uh, McKissick not either. So, um, but you lose uh, a starting offensive lineman in Sam Cosme, which you don't love that, and Taylor Larson as well. So uh, as far as – but I, I, I agree with you that I think this is – Hey, go real quick uh, before you yeah. go, going back to the injury report, 
I just looked it up, and supposedly Logan Thomas is going to be activated. Okay, I did see that too. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which would be huge. Which would be huge. Another weapon oh, yeah. on offense who, I mean, th- that was besides uh, McLaurin. I mean, uh, Logan Thomas was like number two on uh, basically uh, offensive weapons uh, for Heineke. So, we'll see. Well, we're going to need him for the end of the season. That's just a plain yeah. simple. Especially if this team is trying to make any sort of playoff push, um, yeah, I think for me it's like just do what we've been doing, do what do what this team has been doing the past couple of weeks, where Heineke has played tremendous. I mean, he's played where we do, you talked about, yeah, don't gamble too much. Um, you know, a, a gamble here and there. Like we're not saying don't take chances here and there, but our problem is when the moments where Heineke used to take chances, at, like at the beginning of the season, were moments where it's like, man, all we need is. Uh, 10 yards here or all we need right, is this right. this like you don't have to try to go for the 50 yard play across your body all that sort of stuff and then it gets picked off it's like it's not that's not worth it for that opportunity but Heineke if he just plays how he's been playing and this team like you said doesn't go down early defense does get a cushion because you're still not going to be playing with sweat obviously Chase Young is out for the rest of the year so you're losing some guys there um, I think this team has a great chance to win tomorrow night. I'm pretty confident. I, I think that this team has a tremendous chance. What was the line? Like one point or something it like is, that? It's it's currently even, but I saw earlier today, because obviously it's moved, but right. I saw earlier today that Washington was actually favorited by one. So, oh, wow. <clears throat> I mean, it's really it's a pick em game. Who cares? Right. I mean, because yeah, Seattle was favored by one when I checked earlier in the exactly. week, and then it went yeah, to even. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it, it can go either way. Um, but I think especially – you do get to play at home, which is nice. Seattle's not necessarily one of those teams that has a giant traveling fan base, so it's like I don't expect the stadium to be like half Seattle fans like it is for right. the Bucks games or, th- or, uh, or Eagles games or things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think this team has a great chance, and if you look at the standings, this is a huge game with the Cowboys losing Thank the other you. day. They're at 7-4. and four. The Eagles um, uh, lost again today, so I, I'm not sure if I have to update that record or not. Um, no, it's they're five and seven. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah, they're five and seven. Uh, Washington football team, of course, four and six. The Giants, four and seven. Giants still hanging around, um, but a win puts this team right up there, close to the Eagles for second in the division. Uh, and only a few games back from the Cowboys. And then if you look at the NFC standings as a whole in the wild card situation with the Vikings and San Fran down there, uh, th- that game's going on right now, so that record, those records will change um, at five wins. But you look at Washington football team again, if they get their fifth win of the year, they're going to be right there. They're going to be right there close to um, that you know, seven spot. Obviously, you got to leapfrog some t- other teams, but I'm just saying. There's a chance. They're in the conversation, and it starts with winning tomorrow night. Yeah, and that's the big thing that the Cowboys losing on Thanksgiving meant because the Cowboys yeah. are now reeling all of a sudden. They were 6-0, and I believe, or 6-1. and um, I forgot exactly what they were. Uh, but, I mean, 7-4 and now? If they're, if they, let's just say they were 6-1. and I believe they were either 6-1 and or 6-0. and If they were 6-1, and okay – I mean, right now they're one and four. Or excuse me, one they were one. Lo- they had one loss because remember, week one didn't they like lose oh, yeah, badly? They lost to the Bucks. And, That's right. Yeah, no, yeah. They lost to the Bucks on the close. It was a close game, actually. You're right? No, yeah, so, not badly. You're right. It was the first right. game of the year. Okay. Yeah. Now, 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 thanks for reminding me. So they they were six and one because they won six straight. So they yeah. were six and one. Now they are one and three in their last four, which is <laughs> which is really bad because they had a stranglehold on this division. Honestly, they would actually only be one game ahead. I, I believe maybe one or one and a half games ahead if the Eagles didn't lay an egg today against the uh, pitiful Giants. Oh man, that was so. Bad. So when you're yeah exactly. So when you're looking at it, it's it's going to be something interesting because I'm glad the Giants won actually because that actually helps us 
for say the future because now the Giants are worsening their draft position right. because I mean they're worsening the draft position for no reason because they're not going to make the playoffs. I mean let's be honest, here, they're the worst team in the division. They don't um, tell that to uh, Paul uh, Dettino. Paul Dettino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that last week too. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that's the thing is you're just looking at it and saying the Cowboys losing three of their last four has just opened this whole entire division wide open now. Because, oh yeah. Yes. Obviously, you know I think the Eagles are now with their loss. Uh, two and a half back, I believe, if I'm doing my math right. Uh, and if we win, that makes us five and six. So that means, honestly, we've played the same amount of games as the Cowboys, and we're only two games back. So we have, that would propel us into second position because the Eagles haven't had their bye yet. But you're True. looking at this as a, as a further um, further down the line kind of kind of situation. We play the Eagles twice. Now that we know that the Eagles are not, which we said this both that the Eagles are not as good as they are because they just no. lost to the Giants. They um, they were they were winning games against subpar quarterbacks. That's exactly. what was happening. Yeah. Exactly. So not that Taylor Heineke is like incredible or anything, but but yeah, yeah they were winning ga- games uh, that they you know kind of should win. And but once they play a, a quality opponent, they're not they get exposed. I mean, heck, Giants aren't even a quality op- opponent, and this team got extremely exposed today. Right, and that's and that's the thing too is that you're just looking. Uh, at this team and obviously we have to play the Raiders again uh, and we have to play um, I think the Raiders next week and then we play C- Seattle you have to win this game number one and I would say the Raiders game is up in the air because the Dallas Cowboys still have to play the Cardinals uh, and and also I think they have to play somebody else I forgot who it was uh, I'm not worried about the Eagles but if we can go out there and sweep the Eagles then we got two games against the Cowboys and and that's the biggest thing is you know we are doom and gloom for the last you know 3 or 4 weeks until we started lo- winning two games and we gained two positions cuz the Cowboys lost the past two weeks so i just think when you're looking at the the two games against the Cowboys later in the season we have to have uh within a three game uh behind uh deficit right. um, because i think right now looking at how the Cowboys are performing, uh, their injuries are stacking up. And that's what they say about the Cowboys early in the season. Their depth is not good. So that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing. I mean, you, you see they lose CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Their pass offense, even though Dak did throw for a million yards, um, it's not like the Raiders have a great pass defense anyways. Uh, but at the same time, you're looking at it, and Dak, yeah, he threw a lot of yards, but they're somewhat anemic. Zeke is is not even running the ball anymore. Tony Thank Pollard's God, I mean, taking all of his. I feel bad for anybody that took him in fantasy football because you're getting no production out of him this year, really. Yeah, so that's that, that's just something that I'm looking at is, you know, take it week by week. The Cowboys are, are kind of reeling a little bit. They're getting some injuries here and there. I just think that uh, it's it's making the season a little bit more interesting. rather The than, door's you open. Know, yeah. The door's I mean, open. For That's sure. how it is. I mean, I, and I'm just saying the last thing is I think that because we are so doom and gloom, the Cowboys had a stranglehold, like I said, on this division. But now they're kind of like saying, hey, guys, welcome in. It's Thanksgiving, uh, you know, and, and <laughs> letting all these teams get somehow back in there. And like I said, we have one more against the Giants, two more against the Eagles. That's three games right there than two against the Cowboys. We got Those five are winnable games. games you got to think they can at least split against the Cowboys, maybe even take them. I mean, we had an episode like three, four weeks ago where the t- entitled press the panic button because this team was looking <laughs> so bad. Right. And since then, they've rattled off a nice little win streak. They could possibly push that win streak to three wins in a row. And then, you, like you mentioned, you've got winnable games on the schedule left to go. We're not trying to go too up and down here roller coaster wise as far as thinking doom and gloom and then now being super excited. But all we're saying is the door is open. And if this team doesn't, it doesn't end up making the playoffs, you know, I, I'd say we're not going to be super, super disappointed because I think Three, four weeks ago, we were basically thinking they had 0% chance of making the playoffs. But 
it seems like there's a chance. And 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 especially these next couple of weeks, they could make that chance even closer. So, uh, just watch them get like blown out by the Cowboys in both their games. Yeah. Well, the, well, the funny thing is, you're looking at the standings right now, and the NFC South, the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons are second in their division, and they have the second worst differential yeah. by any team in the NFC with 103 in the negative, and they haven't even scored 200 points yet in oh, 11 it's games. It's nuts. I mean, <laughs> they literally. Their entire offense is Cordero Patterson. He came back today yeah. and had a great game. Like, and he was out uh, with injury for the previous weeks. It's like I watched some of their game. It's like Matt Ryan's suspect right now. Like his passing is terrible. He missed a wide open. He's missing wide open guys. I mean, it's 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 weird. But they are a five win team, so it's like they're in the mix. Atlanta could find a way into the playoffs, and then the Vikings or San Fran. One of them will have a loss today. Because uh, they're playing each other, obviously. So yep. you know, uh, somebody, one of them is going to be five and six, and Atlanta's five and six, New Orleans five and six, Philly five and seven, Carolina five and seven. Watching football team four and six. I mean, hey, 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 you're it's telling a dog me, fight. Everyone's talking about how the NFC East sucks so much and how ugly it is and all that stuff. Look at the other divisions in the NFC. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't want to rag on your Lions, but you got the the Lions wow. and the Lions. The NFC the North ba- is the worst division of football, in my opinion. The NFC North has three teams combined for nine wins. Then you have the NFC South, where three teams only have five. All all three are under five hundred. Right. And then you see the NFC West. Yeah, Russ, you know, was out for a while, or whatever. But San Fran, depending on their 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 deal with uh, the Vikings, I mean, they're five and five too. So you're only looking at the Rams, who basically gave away their entire next two decades of picks uh, to go seven and three currently. Right. I mean, their their game is still going on. Uh, and then you have the Cardinals, who have a good future and stuff like that. So it's like. Everyone rags on the NFC East. At least the NFC East is going to be interesting to see right. which team somehow comes out with this division. It's going to be fun. I got to think the Super Bowl champion will come out of the AFC. Just, I mean, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know. Tampa almost lost today. They barely, they, they were lucky. They barely won. Um, they just don't look necessarily like the Super Bowl champs uh, for this season. But we'll see. Uh, still plenty of season left to go. We're not doing the yep. playoff picture quite yet. Um Let's touch briefly on the Caps, and then we'll finish off with the Wizards here. The Washington Capitals. So we talked about earlier how the Caps are red hot. Uh, winning uh, Now it would be 9-11 and 11 games, I believe. Uh, nine wins in, yeah, 11 games. So they are continuing their stranglehold on this league right now. 14-3-5, 33 points. They're first place in the Metro Division now. Um I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, but I want to know kind of from your perspective here. You mentioned Samsonov kind of pushing forward as possibly uh, goaltender number one on the depth chart. Um, and then obviously the rookie play has been impressive. Uh, what what stands out to you as far as like the most as far as this this recent, um, you know, upswing for this team? Well, we talked about it many times, and like I said before, we talked about it many times with the goalie situation, and I mentioned it earlier that Samsonov is starting to push his way into that number one spot. Now, I'm not trying to you know, throw shade at VTech or anything like that nature, um, but in the live show that I mentioned uh, with Andrew Gillis uh, from NBC Sports Washington, uh, he was talking about the same thing, where he was saying that you know, VTech had uh, a few games more than Sammy, but now Sammy's all of a sudden starting to have a few more starts than VTech because now his averages are going up. His save percentage, uh, I think last week when we recorded, was under 90%. And since then, I believe he's had three starts. He hasn't lost in regulation, knock on wood. Do I have any wood around here to knock on? Um, I think this is fake. 
Um, <laughs> but does that even count still? Uh, let's see here. Here's a window sill. I think that's real. Don't piss uh, off your ne- neighbor upstairs. Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want him to come down and knock, <laughs> knock, knock me over. Um, but uh, that's the thing. You're looking at Sammy and his because right now they're almost uh, at the exact same amount of games played. VTech has 12. Sammy has 11. Um, and honestly, Samsonov has just been unreal over yeah. the last three or four starts that he's had because, like I said, last time we recorded, his save percentage was around 89.8. Uh, or excuse me, yeah, something like that, 89.8 or so, so on and so forth. But now his save percentage is 92. So he's gone up that much because he's had two shutouts. And, uh, yeah, he had one game, I believe, um, might have been against the Sharks or someone. I forgot exactly who it was uh, that he had, like, three goals against, but he did have a lot of saves. I'm just looking at it and saying, right now, he is the number one guy. Now, we thought this for a couple years when we had Holt. We were like, hey, we got a guy you know, down in the woodworks saying, hey, this guy is going to come up here and be the next guy for this Washington Capitals uh, squad in between the pipes. Uh, but then Vanacek came on the scene. He did really well last year. But I think right now, uh, it, it's just something that's a good problem to have. I hate when everyone says good problem to have because a problem is a problem still. Right. Um, but uh, you never like to have problems in general, but at least you can say it's a decent good problem to have because of the sole fact that you got two guys that are comparable uh, in their stat lines. Uh, but right now, Ilya Samsonov is just going out there and putting in work. I mean, he's had one of the best uh, few stretches now that I've seen in the last few years uh, with this team. And the good thing is, is that, and I even said it at the beginning of the year, that I think Samsonov is going to be the number one guy. I said at the beginning of the year, and I said that it was a great uh, move to get Vitek Vanacek back on this team from Seattle because they took him, and all we all we gave up is a second-round pick. Now, I don't know exactly about hockey, how many second-round picks uh, pan out, um, but if you can get a backup goalie that can come in there, whether Samsonov has an injury or whatever it may be. I mean, look at last year's playoff when Vanacek went out. We had that whole entire controversy. Who the hell is going to start in between the pipes? <laughs> right. um, so if you can have a guy that can go out there and you know do – you know, what he has done over the last year and a quarter, I think that's a good deal. So I just think Sam Sonoff is the biggest storyline over the last week and a half or so uh, because of how well he's played. Uh, and, and I'm just kind of going with a different topic than Ovechkin. Now, we've talked about Ovechkin a million times. So has everybody else and their mom talking about Ovechkin. Um, but it's just something great to see because right now his record out of 11 games is 9-0-1. Uh, and then obviously his save percentage has gone up almost two points in the last week and a half uh, in about three starts. That's awesome to see, and I'm glad Samsonov is starting to come into his own uh, after being that quote-unquote rookie uh, kind of young guy over the last couple of years because now he's starting to try to move into that role as the number one guy in between the pipes. And with a couple guys uh, on the depth chart in the goalie position, heading into the playoffs, which this team seems to be bound towards, um, you know, you, you ride the hot hand at that point, you know, and yep, yep. Um, by having two quality guys – two quality netminders, it affords you the luxury where, hey, if Vanacek tends to be the hotter goalie at the time, you're not going to feel that bad of putting him in there because you've given him plenty of chances throughout the season as well. And Samsonov, of course, if the same thing. So, yeah, I, I think uh, that also helps as well because this team, obviously, they're focused on um, you know, putting together a good regular season, but they're destined for the playoffs. I mean, I'd be shocked if they aren't able to find the way in. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which guy is going to be there in that first playoff series uh, in between the pipes. But um, And then you mentioned Ovechkin, obviously. 
uh, just playing out of his mind. I mean, getting a hat trick the other day, it's just that's crazy. It's just crazy yeah. <laughs> at his age what he's able to do uh, on the ice, and uh, they'll continue that here um, this week. Second with some of the points. Games. Second in points yeah. with 37. Nuts. Nuts. And they got three big games coming up this week. We'll talk about those in a moment. Let's touch briefly on the hardwood here. The Washington Wizard. So for the Wizards, and as I mentioned earlier, it's inc- incredible to see them a quarter of the way through the season be second place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I just didn't think we, – we talked about as we kind of previewed the season and, and the players and things like that, we had said, hey, we feel like this is a playoff team. We feel like they could possibly move a couple spots up from the play-in, uh, maybe be in like the six types, maybe a six seed or something like that. And right now they're currently the second best team in the Eastern Conference and I think like top five team in the league. So they are uh, off to a tremendous start to their year, uh, but still a lot of basketball left to be played. I, the only couple things I wanted to mention here is uh, <laughs> we, we talked about it earlier. So Davis Bertans is back <laughs> and is one of the most frustrating guys – in the game right now. Um, and w- look, we, we knew... So Berton's got a big contract based on how hot he got in the bubble. The bubble season, Davis Berton's played well, especially in, uh, in, down the stretch, and he was able to get paid because of it. And since then, the guy has just honestly just has not lived up to his contract whatsoever. And there's a lot of guys like that. It's not like he's the only guy in the league that doesn't live up to the numbers. I mean, Jan Mahimi, anybody. Um, But Davis Bertans is so frustrating uh, to watch as a player because, look, you know what you're getting. You know that this guy, is he's a a streaky shooter. Like, that's what he is. That's all he does. He doesn't really give you anything on the defensive end. He's not really going to rebound much. He's not going to pass much. He's out there for one to do one thing, and that is hit three-pointers. And so when that guy is not hitting three-pointers, he suddenly becomes completely useless on the court. In the three games since he's returned from injury, and I know this is a very small sample size, but it's not like he was lighting it up before the injury, uh, eight points total over three games, one of 18 from the field, one of 16 from three, seven total rebounds, two total assists, and one steal. Um, I mean, and averaging about 15, 16 minutes a game on the court in those three games. There is just, it's just pointless to have this guy on the court, Mike. I mean, like, he's not bringing anything positive to a team that has been playing really, really well. I just don't know how much longer we can let Davis Bertans go out there and just chuck up and miss threes. But the problem is, because he's been so bad, I don't think they're going to be able to trade with anybody who would want him at this point like what team would want him you'd have to attach picks or 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 other players to to the trade in order for somebody to take this guy on because i want him out of here honestly i I, i'm tired of seeing davis bertans on the court do you know how long his contract is i forgot exactly what it was um, i feel like he's at least got like another maybe maybe one more year i'll look it up as we're talking because it wasn't it wasn't like a it was a huge money deal but it It was a five-year 80 million dollar deal Right, uh, that he signed. Yeah, he's not an unrestricted free agent until twenty twenty five. So yeah, see, that's just how that's crazy. I and mean, he's making sixteen mil this year. You know, sixteen mil next year, seventeen mil, sixteen right. mil, and yeah, he'll be unrestricted. I mean, this is just nuts. And look, like I understand the team was completely different when he signed this deal. You still had like the wall deal going on. You still had so many other things happening, but 
God, that was a waste of money. Now, that was pre-Tommy Shepard, I believe. I believe that was a Grunfield deal, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think of who actually signed. For some reason, I feel like it was a Tommy Shepard deal. Yeah, I'm thinking um, the same thing, but I'll, I'll find out. But yeah. Because it, cause it, th- th- it was overshadowed, though, because everyone's like, oh, are we going to sign him or not? But the problem was that everyone was going nuts about it because John Wall was getting hurt and stuff like that, and we didn't have a lot of scoring. And then, like you said, he started playing really well, and everyone's like, oh, we got to sign this guy. You know, He's good for 12 points a game and stuff like that. Right. I mean, it was it – was, Eighty million dollar, uh, or sorry, it was November twenty twenty. So yeah, that, that's Tommy Shepard. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is, you know, you're not going to hit on every single person that you go for. I still think that the biggest thing is that he did get. Obviously, the Yan Mahimi deal was is off the table now, and that was just because <laughs> it, it ran out. Uh, but then you obviously have the Russ and the John Wall contracts uh, that flip flopped, and we got the Russ one out of there. That was thirty plus million. So yes, you're basically subbing out the 34 million or whatever that Russ was supposed to get for the 16, 17 that Berton's supposed to get. So yes, it's kind of a wash, but you never know. Berton's might somehow get out of this weird funk that he's been in for the last 13 months or whatever the heck it's been. I'm looking at the stats right now. He's had 10 games played this year, averages five points a game, five points a game. He is shooting. He's shooting almost five threes when he plays that's the funny thing. Almost five threes when he plays, he's only hitting an average of 1.1 of those. And he, keep in mind this, he is the third highest paid player on this team. Yeah. He, it goes Beal, then Dinwiddie, then Davis Berton. He's ahead of KCP. He's ahead of Kuzma. He's getting paid $7 million more than Montrez Harrell, and Harrell is our MVP, basically. <laughs> Averaging a double-double. Yeah. Uh, th- that's just the thing is – you know, I, I don't want to give up on him just yet um, because we, we saw him when he was lighting it up. I mean, the guy would go out there and he would be the Latvian laser and go out there and legit hit 40, 40 footers and it would just be like a clockwork. But the problem is that now when he's going out there, I think you agree with me where you see him go out there and, and, and kind of get like a an elbow three or, uh, you know, usually it's not from the corner. It's like KCP spot and stuff like that. But you usually see him go out there with an elbow three or something from the top of the key. He, he's like off balance when he shoots it. And then he's right. like fading away or cause he's just trying, cause they're, they're covering the three ball. Cause he's a one trick pony. That's the problem is that this team is not a great three, three point shooting team. They have guys that can shoot the three ball such as KCP Kuzma's pretty good when he's on Dinwiddie has been very, very good uh, this year at three ball. I think he's shooting 36%. Um, from from deep but that's the biggest thing is you're looking at him and he is one of the worst if not the worst for this team right now because right now his yeah. three-point percentage is 24 percent the next person that's worse than him or excuse me is almost as bad as him is rule netto and netto <laughs> he should he shouldn't be shooting threes for his life because he still screwed over my freaking bet uh last season Neto but, should be in the ymca gym playing yeah <laughs> yeah <on> this team. <laughs> Oh yeah, so that's that's just the thing is you're right. looking at him. I don't want to give up on him too too uh, fast uh, because right now we have a good cohesive unit. But the good thing about it is, uh, besides the money, is that we still have Rui coming back, Thomas Bryant coming back. So when Thomas Bryant comes back, I, I think that's going to be a huge deal because him and Gafford can can flip flop back and forth, and Trez can actually start playing the power forward role, uh, like we mentioned a few weeks ago, where he can actually slide down and play the power forward role and just dominate these these uh, three, four guys uh, that are trying to play in the paint. But that's that's just my opinion. I think that he is playing very, very bad. I believe uh, the other night against Dallas, he was 0 for 5 
all were from three. It's like, come on down, dude. So you had the other game against, I think it was Charlotte, like you mentioned. He was like one for 10. Then all of a sudden he goes 0 for 5. Like, dude, you're freaking 1 for 15. Like, right. come on, dude. Like, I can do granny shots. And no one guard me, obviously. But I can do granny shots and probably hit at least one out of 15. Like, come on now, bro. It's just like you're supposed to be getting paid this much money to go out there and shoot threes, and you're just not making them right now. Under 24% is horrible, and you have to – I mean, he's shooting better from two. Just go shoot twos, dude. Like, it's just unbelievable. So It's I just so think, bad. It's... I just think that uh, – the last thing I'll say is I, I just think that he needs to get a little bit more time. But at the end of the season, I think we're going to really understand who he is because that will be enough time. But, hey, real quick, shout out to my boy Daniel Gafford. He got literally some legitimate time to play the center position, not like last year where he was going out there under Scott Brooks and getting like seven minutes in the beginning of the game and then just getting subbed out for the rest of the game. He had 27 minutes the other night. I believe it might have been against Dallas. I think it was against Dallas. 27 minutes, and he goes out there and gets like a double-double. Like, why aren't we playing this guy more? I just don't understand it. This guy is a beast with the boards. That's what we've been needing for the last seven years. So right, I don't know, right, shout, right. Shout, shout out to him real quick. I want to say that. Uh, yeah, kinda, no, he's been fantastic. End my rant. <laughs> well, no, you're right. He has been fantastic. And I'm just looking at the contracts. I mean, uh, besides Gafford, who's under contract through 2025, you know, because he got that extension. I mean, Bertans is going to is the second longest contract on the team right now. So they, they are going to have to figure something out if he does continue to struggle right. at some point. You have to figure out, okay, can we possibly move him? Uh, but that would be, again, that would be really, really tough. I just don't see many teams uh, interested in Davis Bertans uh, shooting 20% from the three th- uh, the three point line. So we'll see. Um, let's uh, head up some, some uh, NFC East roundups and college football roundups and things like that. Um, so Eagles and Giants played today. We talked about that, uh, kind of a wild game. 13 7 final. Giants get the win. Yeah, Jalen Rieger, who. Uh, dropped uh, Rager dropped two potential game-winning passes from Hertz. I mean, he he had. Uh, I was watching this game, and the Eagles, you know, had two drives late in the game that where they were trying to come back and possibly win the game. And both times, uh, I mean, one time hit him in the helmet where he sh- could have easily made made the catch, and the other time was bad. I mean, it was on the last play of the game. He had he was open the right there right in front of the end zone and and couldn't haul it in. So uh, I'd say that loss is on him. But still, the Eagles, you can't mess around with the New York Giants. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, and then you talked about, of course, Cowboys losing in overtime to the Raiders. Uh, Anthony Brown, four pass interferences call penalties all on third downs. Uh, this was the referee game. I mean, both teams, season highs oh, yeah. and penalties and yards. I mean, you, you could see the co- complaining all over Twitter. Um, the, the NFL fandom was not happy with this game and how many penalties were called. I mean, it was it's, it takes away from the game when you have that many penalties called. Um, and Anthony Brown sure suffered from that one because of <laughs> four pass, pass interferences. Um, so bad loss for the Cowboys. Overtime loss on Thanksgiving. Uh, their, their Thanksgiving was spoiled there. And then uh, Washington football team plays tomorrow, as we mentioned. Uh, in college football, Army beat Liberty 31-16. ODU beat Charlotte 56-34. And Mike's Virginia Tech Hokies take down UVA. What do they call oh, that? Yeah. The, the the what cup? What the what is com- it called? The Commonwealth Cup. Commonwealth Cup. Uh, 29-24. Congratulations to the Seventeen Hokies. Seventeen of the last nineteen have gone the Hokies way. I mean, that's domination right there. UVA sucks. Now I don't care <laughs> if anyone out there is listening. UVA <laughs> sucks. You guys lost to UMBC in basketball. That was your only thing. Who cares? It, that just that just literally solidified that you guys. Are, are suck 
Uh, <laughs> that's right, all right. I got. I mean, it's just annoying, man. UVA thinks they're so good. They think, oh, we're the next big thing and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, Virginia Tech is in the past. Like, dude, you, you guys literally <laughs> – you, you literally passed to a lineman on third and seven with the game on the line. You passed to a lineman that's 360 pounds. You think he's going to run eight yards past three defenders? Like, come on now. This guy's not the fridge. It's not Michael Orr in the blind side. Like, literally, go out there and actually you know throw it in the end zone. I mean, that was the most embarrassing play call I think I've ever seen. There's your Commonwealth Cup recap from Mike Sarone. <laughs> uh, as far as the forecast ahead, uh, we said it five million times at this point. Washington football team plays tomorrow night against Seattle. The Caps, three games this week, Tuesday at Florida, Thursday at home against Chicago, Saturday at home against Columbus. The Wiz, four-game slate here. They'll be heading to the Spurs in San Antonio tomorrow. They'll be home against Minnesota on Wednesday. Friday, they'll be home against Cleveland. And Sunday, they'll be at Toronto um, so another week where I could see this team getting two or three wins out of this uh, out of this four game slate. They've been very, going two and two a lot in these four game slates. I've noticed that um, of late, but I bet they could get two or three wins here again uh, this week. In, in college football, as far as in the state of Virginia and the DMV area, nothing to talk about heading into no, – none of these teams are playing in conference championship games. Uh, but in college hoops, just a couple of games to point out this week, Iowa at UVA on Monday, Virginia Tech at Maryland on Wednesday, um, and Saturday, ODU at George Mason. Those are the only couple college games to talk about at the moment before we get to conference uh, play. Let's hit up the final lap, 90 seconds, quick hitting – Stories. Here we go. Michigan beats Ohio State for the first time in the Jim Harbaugh era, Mike. Great win for Harbaugh. Too bad I put a lot of parlays on Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, Enos Cantor, Mike, changing his last name to Freedom. What do you think? En- Enos Freedom? I think so. That's You should change your last name to Freedom. Mike Freedom. Eh, that's not as good as Enos. Yeah, that's true. Uh, John Wall, <laughs> uh, he had like a social media post. It says like, you know, free me and like all this sort of stuff. He wants to come back and he wants to start. The Rockets supposedly want him to come off the bench. Will we see John Wall suit up for the Washington Wizards? This, or not the Wizards. <laughs> that would be, be pretty wild. Will we see John Wall play for the Rockets this year, you think? I think you were going to at this, at some point. I mean, there's only so much couch sitting you can do, even though you're getting paid $30 million to do it. Just do it. Not bad. I wouldn't mind getting paid $30 million to sit on my couch. Uh, the Pistons-Lakers rematches tonight. Both LeBron James and Isaiah Stewart should be playing tonight, coming off of their uh, suspensions from the uh, fight uh, that happened in Detroit. Should be should be interesting. Right now, LeBron is a game time decision. So you know, and it says abdomen. So you know that means he's he's a little scared, Mike. Hey, he's cramping up a little bit. He's, he's he needs to go eat a banana. <laughs> he's gonna eat a banana or something. Right. Uh, and then Bryce Young overtakes C.J. Stroud in the Heisman race. Aiden Hutchinson also jumped up a bit. He had three big sacks uh, in that Ohio State game. But uh, looks like Bryce Young and. Uh, it looks like Alabama could get another Heisman winner. What's new, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, when you're looking at uh, quarterbacks and guys that are the, I mean, that are the cream of the crop, I still think that Kenny Pickett should get a get a get a look. Um, you know, he took his team to the ACC championship. Now we'll see what happens next week. Uh, but I mean, he has four thousand yards. He has 150 more yards, 450 plus more than Bryce Young. He has more than C.J. Stroud. He has as much touchdowns as Bryce Young with 40. Uh, you know, and he has two more than C.J. Stroud. Yes, he has seven picks, but that's just barely over uh, Young and Stroud. So I just don't understand how that guy isn't getting enough look 
because the sole fact that he's yes the ACC's down a little bit, but he's he's won a lot of games, and the sole fact that it's Pitt. Okay, it's it's, it's right. Pittsburgh Panthers. It's not going to <laughs> Alabama, and you're and you're yeah, you're playing the SEC, but you're getting the number one recruiting class every single year, like him and uh, and, and CJ Stroud, Ohio State. So I think that Kenny Pickett should get some run, but I think it's obviously going to come down to the the two main guys. But who knows what's going to happen if Alabama loses to Georgia and Ohio State somehow, uh, you know, doesn't finish the season strong enough. You never know if Kenny Pickett wins the ACC and somehow you know does something in a bowl game. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Well, you know where who uh, who will take notice? Uh, the guy's drafting him on uh, when it comes to draft time because I'm telling you, he sh- he should be looked at as a, as a good uh, possible draft pick for the future. There, uh, we got trivia time. Trivia here, as we like to end our shows with that before we get to the money line. I got a question for you here, Hit ready me. to go, locked and loaded. Who was and, and I have a addendum to this question as well, like an oh. extra piece of information. Oh, thanks. Who was hired as head coach of the Detroit Pistons in 2001, was named NBA Coach of the Year in 2002, and was fired after getting swept in the playoffs in 2003. And my uh, note to this is he is still coaching in the, in the league. So head coach in 2001. NBA Coach of the Year, the next year, fired the year after that. One of the craziest coaching uh, trajectories there. So he was fired just before this team was getting ready to make their their, uh, NBA Finals run. And he is still a head coach in the league today. Okay, so... Uh, I'm gonna ask two questions just because sure. I, I can. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's a little tougher. I will say the, the the first one. Should I say did he get fired for controversy? No. Okay, that's kind of a weird thing. Uh, and then my next one: Did he coach the Magic? That's interesting. Let me see. <laughs> I hope I feel you like yes. the answers. I f- did he? Uh, no, he did not. Damn it. Uh, let me double check. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me double check. Okay. My initial thinking is no. Well, I think uh, he did. No, he did not okay. coach the Dallas Mavericks. No, he, oh, no the, the ma- magic. magic. Oh, the Magic. The Magic, sorry. He, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did uh, not coach the Magic. Well, my first guess was going to be Stan Van Gundy. Um, I'll say this. He has only coached – here's a hint for you. Oh, thanks. He has only coached two other teams since the 2003 uh, firing. Wow. Oh, man. Two other teams. That sounds like a Rick Carlisle type thing. Ah, man, maybe he was an assistant coach. So you're saying head coach two other teams, right? He Head coach two other teams. Man, yeah, so I'm thinking about Rick Carlisle because he was a longtime Mavs, and now he's with Port- or Portland or whoever it is. Um, not, not Portland, uh, whoever the other, other team was. I'm going to go with Rick Carlisle. That is correct. That is a great pull. I am uh, I am impressed. I didn't know if you were going to get that. It was a tougher question. You're right. Rick Carlisle, hired by the Pacers, coached the Pacers 2003 to 2007. Then he was hired by the Mavs and was there for 13 years, 2008 through 2021. He is currently back as head coach of the Indiana Pacers. Um, oh, okay. That okay. So that's that's okay. Now I get it. Now I because I, I when you were mentioning it right there, I was like, hold on a second. By the way, you might need to edit that uh that that scream I did because it's really overmodulated. Um, <laughs> but uh no the uh yeah okay now that now that you say he went back to the Pacers okay now it makes sense. I was yeah, like, wait yeah. a second, if he he went Pacers Mavs okay now I get it. Oh man, jeez, dude, I I got that. That was one good. Somehow. That was great. Well, because I was thinking. Because I was thinking about certain coaches out there that uh, are still coaching and also only did two teams. 
Anyways, so that was who, man. That, that just made my night, to be honest with you. Well done. Well done. I, I'm not going to lie. That actually made me really happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did, didn't help me anything, but it, was, it made me good. All right, here we go. All right. So, what Baltimore native led the Maryland Terrapins to a national title just before the Wizards snagged him in the 2002 NBA draft? What Baltimore native led the Maryland Terrapins to a national title before the Wizards snagged him in the 2002 NBA draft? This card know, has a lot of good questions. I know this, but I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I know, I know that I know this because um, I know – well, I know it's not Steve Blake, but he was on that team. But it's not that, um, and he's not. He didn't get picked up by the Wizards. Um, he no, was on the Wizards, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's not Steve Blake. I'm not. That's not my guess. Um, if he got drafted, where did Steve Blake get drafted? That's a good question. Um, you're right. Steve Blake did eventually play. And it's funny. He was a Piston too at one point. Um, no, Baker, no, but yeah. but this is. I know this name, and it's just it's somewhere in here, and I know this. I know the answer to this. Uh man, he has like, and it's a good name. He has like an interesting name. Freak. Um, God, it's gonna kill me if I if I don't pull this. It's gonna. He wore, it's gonna, he wore th- this number. Yeah, no, I don't. I've never been a <laughs> jersey number guy. No, I know, I know who this is. Is it? It's not. It's not Dixon. It's not Juan Dixon. It's it's another guy. Oh uh, man. God, I know this. <laughs> I'm telling you, he ha- it's his last name. His last name is like an interesting last name. It's like a catchy name that you would remember. God, I, I know this. <laughs> Calm it down there, sir. You're okay. You're okay. Oh, no, it's just this is going to kill me because, I, I, like I said, I know this. Rick Carlisle. Um, yeah, right. I don't even have, like, I don't need a hint because, like, I you either I either know it or I don't, and I know it, but I, I'm just not I'm not gonna be able to pull it. Crap! This is uh, this is see you know how your question made your night. This is gonna ruin my night because I'm <laughs> telling you, as soon as you say it, I know it because yeah, it's not Juan Dixon, and it, it it's uh, first of all it's a guard, and I know, God, I remember him too. Oh, this all right? All right, uh, just just give me the answer. Give me the answer. I don't have it. Juan Dixon. Oh, it was Juan Dixon. Oh, yeah. that even that's kind of that is. Yeah, he got he got drafted. He was wearing number two. I remember that. It was uh, Juan Dixon. And, yeah, because well, because Juan Dixon was because <sighs> that's the thing. The, what Baltimore native doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He he uh, he led that. It was a national championship team. The two main guys on that team were Steve Blake and Juan Dixon. I don't know and, who else I was thinking of then. And I didn't want to say first round though, because then you'd have been like, well, who else was in the first round that was on that team? All right, so I had his name cooking around my head, but I just. Uh, yeah, I don't get You're credit probably, for that. Just go look at look at look at 20, 2002 roster. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster. No, it's not. There's just somebody else I'm thinking of for some reason that must have been a later Terp. But um, that's whatever. the funny thing about the Terps though. The Terps always have like those weird name guys. Like they had uh, Diamond Diamond whatever is this. Diamond yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And they have some weird. <laughs> yeah, ass, weird I don't. I I I pulled the name, but I don't get credit for the answer because I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't my answer. So man, this I might be I the first. It. This might be the first. Yeah, you said Juan. I was like, come on. Man, <laughs> like just guess Juan Dixon. You still get it right. This might be the first card where we might use all four questions. Oh, that's good. All right, set there, it aside. Set it yeah, aside. There, there, there are two Wizards, one Redskins, and then one Nationals. And actually, nice. Really okay. Good. Say yeah. Save that one. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's Winner. get it. Juan Dixon, mother effer. Uh, let's move into <laughs> our picks of the week. Uh, sponsored by DraftKings. 
Your boy's on fire when it comes to picks of the week. Uh, another two and zero for me. I am back to five hundred right now. Uh, I'm eleven and eleven. Keep in mind, I was I was looking pretty bad for a while. Um, Mike's pick. We're still waiting on the Vikings 49ers game. Vikings currently losing by eight in the third quarter. Mike had oh, Vikings what the plus hell? three. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, so they're, they're <laughs> they, they, they heard they heard your pick, and they're uh, so Vikings had Vikings plus three. They're currently losing by eight. We'll see how that one turns. It's only third quarter though, so plenty of time. So right now, Mike is eleven and ten. We'll see if he's eleven and eleven or if he's twelve you, and ten. You are you are five and one in your last six picks, and I'm yeah. I, I'm probably one and five. To be honest with you. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I think so because <laughs> the fact that we actually like that I caught up to you because uh, you were up <laughs> big for a while. So uh, for this week, this week's gonna be interesting. Um, I thought about this. I was telling you off air. I was poking around some games. I was even looking at Premier League soccer just for kicks. Uh, and then I was like, wait, what am I doing? I'm, I'm on I'm on fire. I can't go throw it away here. My lock, I'm going Georgia, favored by 6.5 over Bama. I'm thinking this is going to be a tight game, but I think Georgia is going to be able to at least win by a touchdown. That's going to be a lot of fun um, watching that. And then you also think Bama almost just lost to Auburn, a not, a not great Auburn team. So I like the 6.5 there. Thank God that isn't like 7.5. Otherwise, I'd right. be a little nervous. Um, my dog, I like this one too. I like Wake Forest. Uh, they're a three-point dog. Um, I'm gonna say they cover that uh, against Pitt uh, in in that championship game. So a couple, a couple. I mean, the, the, I'll, these will be. I'll be sweating this one uh, next weekend. Uh, this this upcoming weekend, the championship games. But yeah, Wake Forest covering three against Pitt and Georgia uh, six and a half over Bama. Yeah, that Wake game is gonna be a straight up shootout. Obviously, with Sam Hartman and Kenny Pickett, that's gonna be a yeah. great game to watch. Um, so hammer the over on that one. Right. Uh, that's yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be something I should have looked at the over, but I don't know if they have a line yet for it, but I was going to go and try to do two bowl games. Cause it's going to be fun or two championship games. But then only one stood out to me and a couple other ones don't have lines yet. Uh, Cause no one really cares about them. Right. Uh, but by the way, Western Kentucky, <laughs> who, who is this? Who's the quarter? I mean, like I, I had them, I had the under like 77. It was 13 to six at halftime. I looked at the score 10 minutes later and they had like 57 points in about 10 <laughs> minutes. I was like, wait a second. What just happened? Air Anyways, buds out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Hilltoppers. Um, so uh, my lock of the week is Michigan over Iowa. Iowa barely, barely won my parlay um, over, uh, over who, who they play a crap team. Um, who they who they play? They, God, they, who they, did they play? Uh, was that Minnesota? No, 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 no. Because it was it was a oh, it was Nebraska. Nebraska. Oh, uh, right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, they barely won uh, that game for me, which uh, saved that parlay. Thank God. Uh, and that was just an epic collapse by Nebraska. I mean, epic. <laughs> I mean, they were up twenty one to their six. Their whole season, man. And <laughs> yeah, they were up twenty one to six, and they literally let in like like twenty two straight points. Something like that. Unbelievable. Right. Uh, but Michigan just looks so solid. Yeah, they're on uh, a heater over, right now. Over yeah. Ohio State, and their running game is just unbelievable. So I'm taking Michigan, uh, t- 10.5 over Iowa. Iowa has a good defense, but Nebraska, how they were running the ball um, and how they were looking over Iowa, I just don't think Iowa has the firepower uh, to stick up because off- obviously Iowa's offense sucks too, uh, and I think the, the Michigan can easily cover that 10.5. I wish it was about 9.5 because uh, I would love to have that, but whatever. Uh, my dog, I'm going to go with the NFL – uh, obviously, because it is Sunday, there's not lines for next week. Uh, so I'm gonna go shut up money line for the Steelers over Baltimore. I believe it's their first meeting of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Right. It's in Pittsburgh. The Steelers just had an 
ugly, un- an unbelievable ugly <laughs> loss uh, to the, the Bengals, Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Uh, I think it was uh, 400 to 10. Right. Um, and uh, the Steelers, though, against Baltimore, it's a different si- situation. Last week, the Steelers had a really tough game because they were missing Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, and T.J. Watt. Hopefully, T.J. Watt, Joe Hayden, and Minka Fitzpatrick are all back and all kind of got getting off that week off or whatever that they had uh, the week prior. Uh, but I'm hoping that with this Baltimore team because Steelers, Mike Tomlin, first of all, has never had an under 500 season, and right now they're five and five. I'm not saying the season is going to end next week, but still. They need to stay in this race, and if Baltimore wins, I think Baltimore goes to seven or excuse me, eight and three, if I'm not mistaken. Right, uh, and then Steelers go to five and six, so they're going to be three games behind uh, Baltimore for that division. So that's not going to be good. So I'm going to go Steelers money line. I believe the money line probably is going to open up at about plus maybe one thirty. Uh, somewhere in the middle there, uh, because Baltimore is going to be favored, um, but I just don't trust uh, the uh, the uh, line right now because I bet it's going to be like you know plus two or something like that um, because it's going to move. But I think the money line is going to be a good value because I'm going to try to ride Mike Tomlin and the Steelers at Heinz Field. Yeah, I like that pick, especially at home. Got to think they're due, due for a bounce back game, and Baltimore might be the team they're able to do it. You got to think the weather is probably going to be crappy. Um, snowy weekend, a lot of places uh, snowed there too last night. Snowed about an inch and a half last there night. There you go. Pittsburgh. And yeah, New England, it was snowing. Obviously, in Michigan, it was snowing. Watching Michigan State, Penn State, you couldn't even see the field. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think the, those are both solid picks. We'll see. We'll see though. I don't know. The big the the the, the big key will be how does this Vikings game pan out? Because uh, otherwise, yeah. we're going to be eleven and eleven <laughs> tied up heading into this week. So we'll see. Embarrassing. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, not what great. A, what a what a uh, s show. Oh right, not, not not great, not great. But uh, that is the money line. Obviously, bet responsibly, and you'll uh, feel free to use the promo code that plays at the beginning of this episode uh, for DraftKings for you know all the promos that they've got going on. Uh, besides that, people, uh, it's we're heading into a huge week of uh, football for the Washington football team. This is gonna be is gonna be interesting. Uh, tomorrow night, I, I really think this team could pull up this win and get to five and six, and we'll see from there. Uh, so we'll be watching that. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Cerrone16 and at uh, the DC Crossover um, because uh, we'll be tweeting about the game for sure. Um, follow us, uh, of course, on the Contender as well. Download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. Uh, for our our podcast plays throughout the week and any live stuff we do on Thanksgiving, they played our Thanksgiving draft like twenty times in a row, back to back or something like that. So Six that hours. was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, besides that, people hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We're heading into December, uh, almost done with this year. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy how fast this twenty twenty one has gone. But big things popping for the show for next year for sure. Um, and uh, just think about how much changed this past year for the show um you know getting the contender and draft DraftKings stuff and all this stuff it's wild so we appreciate you joining us on this journey uh for mike Cerrone, i'm ben simpson we'll see you next week this has been another episode of the dc crossover